0: Everybody, welcome back to Keeping Track. Here we are on the last day of 2021 with a bonus episode for you. Uh, today we are sharing the second episode that Alicia recorded live at the running event earlier in the month in Austin, Texas, where she spoke to Shannon Woods, who is currently the senior manager of diversity, equity, and inclusion at Brooks Running, among other things. Shannon tells us how her own unique upbringing as a mixed race woman in the U.S., uh, the experiences of both herself and of her own parents who grew up during the civil rights movement in the U.S., as well as her own experiences as a mother who wanted to make sure her own kids learned diverse histories that she didn't have access to in school, all informed her decisions to work in DEI and her passion for that area. She is working on dismantling systemic racism in the running community and opening up opportunities in these jobs via her role at Brooks and on the Running Industry Diversity Coalition Board, of which she is a member. So Shannon... She's doing good work, and we think this is a great way to lead into 2022. Uh, She and Alicia have a great conversation, and we will let it roll right now.
1: Okay, everyone, welcome to Keeping Track, a women's sports podcast made to elevate stories of women in sport. (laughs) Nationwide on average, women's sports receives just 4% of the sports media coverage, That means it would take an entire childhood for girls and boys to see the same amount of sports media coverage for women that they will see for men in just one year. I'm Alicia Montano. I'm here at the RUN event in Austin, Texas. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Roisin McGettigan and Molly Huddle, I'd like to welcome Shannon Woods. Shannon is the senior manager of diversity and inclusion at Brooks Running. She's passionate. She's an advocate for diversity, equity and inclusion. A social activist and a fashion designer, she's been working in the outdoor sports industry as an apparel designer while advocating for DEI in the workplace, in her community, and in education for 20 years. Welcome, Shannon. Did I miss anything? Thank
2: you. I don't <laughs> think so. She's a mom
1: of three, yes. which is I'm like a mom of three women. boys. Yes. yes,
2: which is probably the first part of my right? identity, right? <laughs> whoops uh,
1: <laughs> well that's awesome okay well hold on we just have to connect on that really quick so three boys yes. what are their ages 26 21 and 18 oh my gosh I can't you just made I have three kids myself and I can't imagine them being in their 20s yeah Did it's it happen wild. as fast as people say it happens yes oh it my goes gosh so fast and so you said that you've been in the uh DEI space for the last 20 years so you like young children
2: yes I did. I had my it's first of sign of at 19.
1: Yeah. So. Can you, okay, like, I feel like we just need to go back a little bit. And I want to, like, talk about, like, how did this become your path?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting path. I think part of it is just like who I am and how I was raised, right? So I am mixed. I'm African-American and white. Um, my father, who's African-American, he served in the U.S. military in the army during World War II when our military was segregated. Mm-hmm. He marched with MLK. Wow. Um, and my parents were married about five years after interracial marriage was legalized in all 50 states. And so I grew up with this you know, awareness of the inequalities in the world. Um, and also my mom, who was pretty resentful um I could I could see the resentment when I was a kid for her not being able to play sports when she was a kid because she was a girl so she put me in all sorts of sports like everything so yes. I tried a ton of stuff and I ended up uh gymnastics was my sport of choice um but my mom was a runner so that is how I was introduced to running um and also my father was a huge track and field fan and so I grew up going to the Drake Relays Raleigh, in Des Moines Iowa and um So, yeah. And then, really, um, I think when I was in college, um, I was a young mother, I was in college, and I started taking, you know, African American history, Native American history, multicultural studies. And for me, that was my aha moment, right? Mm. Like, we have our own experiences in life, but that was when I realized, like, how much I wasn't taught Mm. in my public education um, growing up. And so, I was very ambitious with my kids and the education that I wanted for them. And so I put them in schools that had a social justice focus, that taught history from different perspectives. And um, meanwhile, I got a degree in fashion design.
1: Yeah, I love that. So, <laughs> Yeah, I love that.
2: So parallel to my fashion design career, um, in my volunteer time, I was working on diversity, equity, and inclusion, really in the education system and advocating for my kids in mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I got into that work. Yeah. Um, and then in 2016, while I was on the apparel team at Brooks, running, um, we started talking about DEI, um, wow. and I had been really into that work outside of Brooks. And so I said, "Hey, how can I help?" Mm. And so that's kind of how this my career path ended up.
1: Yeah. A natural evolution of your career path because of, like, your lived experience. Yeah. Which is incredible. I I feel like there's, for obviously for me, there's a lot, well, maybe it's not that obvious, but I have a lot of similarities just in terms of, like, you know, I grew up in a predominantly white area. And so, like, just even um, connecting with other people of color, you know, across the board, you know, like, black people, indigenous people, it just wasn't, like... That you talked about, even like when you have uncomfortable experiences, when you want to see things with more inclusion. So, like, I am very much like aware of that same lens when I'm as I'm raising my kids. Like, I'm like, I, I, I want to live in a space where I see more diversity, I want my kids to have their eyes open to, you know, when they see. Uh, exclusion somewhere else and how they can be inclusive. And so it's, that's really awesome that we have the opportunity to change. But you have an even bigger space and where you can make these changes because you are at a company that has a global impact. Yes, And what you do there um, is going to be instrumental of how we're able to really make tangible like tangible change. You know, we can have these conversations one-on-one, but like when we get to be put it in a place where people have to actually like, you know, do the work, do the work. It's challenging and it's, yeah. and it's, it's policy, you know? And so we have to make these sort of things policy. So thank you for that. Um, so, you know, I just want to also like note that you, I read this article that you did with triathlete magazine okay. and it was awesome. And they talked with like five different people about, you know, just what needs to happen. And, um, it was largely about triathlon um, and talking about it being a welcoming sport. But still, it's largely white, able-bodied, affluent, hetero- heteronormative. But that's like a lot of the outdoor industry. Yes. Um, something that you mentioned that I think people like need to understand a little bit better is access. What do we mean by access? Mm. Lack of access. Yeah. So
2: I think... There's a few directions you can go with that, right? There's, you know, there's a saying, like, you can't be what you can't see, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot just that people just don't know that, Mm -hmm. like, they can do something or don't know how they can do something. So creating access, um, making sure that whatever space we're in, right, like, we're in the running space, getting out in our community and making sure that um, uh, people know that they have access to these sports
1: mm-hmm-hmm mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because okay there was within that same article that we read um, that I read they talked about Sika Henry who is a black the first black triathlete um, not just like woman triathlete like just black triathlete right um, and we I thought about like all of the times I thought about triathlon and, like, why, you know, why haven't I actually, like, dove into triathlon? I thought about things like my hair and I thought about, like, oh, like, yeah, how much... Swimming mo- is that Swimming, that thing. you know? <laughs> I swim, but it's like, you know, you think about it. You're like, oh, all right, got to get my hair braided to do that. And, like, everyone's wearing swim caps. I'm like, how am I going to get all this? And so, how am I going to get all my hair in a swim cap? So, I yeah. really resonated with that, especially with the Olympics this last year yes, and the fight with and, swim caps. Yes. And so, how are you... Yes, you are working in, um, in diversity um, and inclusion, but like, how are you implementing that, and how are you going across the board to other industries to like help push the envelope?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, going across industries, you know, my work, my day to day work is in the running industry, um, and I'm also on the board of the Running Industry Diversity Coalition, mm-hmm. so that's a main focus. But my personal time, I do a lot of backpacking, and I'm a skier. Fun. Um, so I. I know what it was like to grow up skiing and being a unicorn on the hill, right? Like it's, um, there's not a lot of, uh, it's improved, but there's not a lot of racial diversity (laughs) A unicorn on the hill.
1: I like that. (laughs) I, 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 feel that all the time. Yeah.
2: Um, so I think, you know, there's a, there's a ton of really great organizations out there that are creating, um, access to, um, outdoor spaces and sports, mm-hmm. um, across industry. One mm-hmm. that comes to mind that I follow on Instagram is hoods to woods. Okay. Um, and they, um, create, um, snow sports opportunities uh, awesome. for youth. Okay. Um, I'm
1: not youth anymore, but can I come?
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh, outdoor Afro is okay. another organization. Okay. I love it. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a ton of organizations that are really, um, working hard so I think for me like personally I try to help promote you know who I follow on Instagram who I follow on Facebook um, Mm -hmm. and and sharing all of those resources as much as I can Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and partnerships with Brooks yes you know like really trying to make that happen right yeah
2: yeah so uh, Brooks Running partners with Micah Myers who Mm -hmm. um we partnered with him for his run across Mississippi mm-hmm. for um, LGBTQ plus inclusion in yep. outdoor spaces. Um, so yeah, we definitely look to partner with people who are are working to make the outdoor space accessible. Yeah, accessible and, and inclusive.
1: Yeah, another part of accessibility. I think like as a black person, you know, BIPOC, I understand that word accessibility, and I realize you know uh, people who are not BIPOC really can't understand fully what accessibility so I want to like seriously like turn the knob on that a little bit more and like let that door be open more for people like accessibility what does that look like and like our systems of oppression and like what it looks like for a family to think oh how do I get into specifically from this article like triathlon it would mean that I'd have to take some time off of work if I wanted to go to this race it means the entry is this amount of money and like typically you know People of color are being paid way less than white people, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so like that's the cost of things. And um, so like access and what it means is not just how they see themselves, but it is also from a financial barriers and then also safety. Yeah, Um,
2: I think. Yeah, you hit on some good points. I think a lot of times we think about how much something costs as like the major barrier, which mm -hmm. it is a major barrier. Mm Um, however, but I think that that piece of like work, like if you mm. have a job that mm-hmm. if you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. Right. That is a huge piece of it. Right. right. And we've seen that, you know, that struggle with COVID. and right. And, um, uh, you know, people, you know, I've had the privilege of being able to work from home right. and, you know, I I have paid time off. Right. I can take time off um, and I still get my paycheck. But there's a lot of people that right. if you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. And so that is very limiting.
1: Right. Right. And I do think there is less leeway for people of color. Yes. There's less leeway for moms, you know, yes. if it's, yes,
2: because you have to prove yourself, you have to right? prove yourself. And yeah. it's like
1: you one time, you know, are like, I really want to do this trans Rockies race but I'll have to leave on Thursday and you know do the it's like oh you know but then if Bob went and did it it was like oh amazing how was this race or you know what I mean and yeah yeah there's only so many times you get that opportunity to do that um and climbing the ladder is much tougher you know you're scrutinized for every single minute mistake that you make it's amplified and although somebody may say that isn't the truth it is it is. It is. Yeah. The, like and biases still, exist and it's, yeah.
2: Yeah. And in my work, like I still hear, you know, that, um, uh, do you want me to hire the white person or, or mm. do you want me to hire the person, uh, person of color or the person who's best for the job? Ooh. And the answer is really yes mm-hmm. to both of those things. Yep. Right. 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 Because um, they're like
1: insinuating that yes. the person that's best for the job is, can't be the person of color. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So wow. I still Chills. hear that. Wow. Often. And, yeah. I also, and that's how deep I also bias hear- is. Like not even thinking that that's something... Wild that you just said,
2: yeah. And then mm-hmm. also in in my career and you know being a young mother, yeah, I've you know you also hear about right. You know you hear there about is biases against absolutely a hundred percent. It's
1: deep. It's yeah. deep. Yeah, there's a lot of spaces. So even when we talk about inclusion, we include motherhood into that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I work a lot in that space. Um, yeah. You know, with my organization nonprofit. Um, and mother, yeah. it's all about breaking yeah. down barriers, and so yeah. you know we have a lot to connect on. That yeah. has got to go far yeah. beyond this podcast. So I hope that you know yeah. we can really connect yeah. on that. We do um, so much work. We do so much before work before
2: we even get to our jobs. That's in the morning.
1: what. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> so I think this is something like you know, how do you reserve space for yourself mentally to not burn out? Like it's exhausting to constantly have to fight for yourself for your family for your community and like hit the same topics and points and like hardly crack the surface
2: it is exhausting and i don't i don't think i have an answer for you because i think i'm still working Mm -hmm. on that like Mm -hmm. i'm still figuring it out
1: Mm -hmm. and i still
2: i typically take everything one day at a time mm. that's how i kind of just like slow yeah. myself down because yeah. it can be very overwhelming yeah um and you know i mean family even just family like leave work out of it right family right. can be overwhelming yeah. and a lot yeah. and so and then you you know especially add work you've got a mixed family different
1: cultural backgrounds and oh yeah takes oh, yeah. on everything yeah and, it's yeah.
2: interesting to you know when i when i tell people that you know my my multiracial family and it's sometimes people assume I have like this woke household and it's like no 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 like my husband's white right Mm -hmm. my kids are brown Mm -hmm. my mom's white Mm -hmm. I live in a multigenerational household Um, I have a grandson Mm -hmm. now who's seven months old and he's black white and Mexican I love it right and so and he has an older sister who's Mexican and Vietnamese yeah so like, yes, yeah. maybe. But we still have these, like, intense yeah. arguments at the dinner table. Yeah. Almost every night. Oh, my gosh. About How are holidays?
1: Cultural. Wild. <laughs> Wild. I'd be like, yay hey.
2: But it's, <laughs> me you again. Know, like, I love it because even though those conversations can be really intense, like, I love hearing, like, the perspectives <laughs> of yeah. young people. That's where we need
1: to get to, right? Where we can, like, hear each other. Yeah. You know, I've definitely, in my own space of, like grown a lot to not just be angry with everyone mm. sounding to me stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be like no, we I actually have to hear where you're coming from because if if I put up that wall then you're never going to be able to break through. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and you so, can't it's yeah. you
2: know it's a lot of weight. Yeah, to it be is a lot of angry It all is. Time, That's right? it. And yeah. so um, yeah, Yeah, I can I can often have positive outlooks but yeah. for me that's a survival mechanism yeah you know because yeah. if I let everything get to me I would be angry every yeah. end of yeah. every day that's right yeah. so it's like I always have to try to find the good yeah in, in most yeah. situations and but there's times where yeah. it's like
1: somebody's adamant about like really yes yeah, absolutely angry,
2: and then you got to get up and keep going
1: yeah yeah oh my gosh you're making me think so much like uh like you know, I am forever. I mean, we all are forever growing. Right. Um, but, woo, the exhaustion and the tiredness of just sharing the source. I think last year, 2020 was probably one of the most exhausting years I've ever experienced. Not only because, you know, were we teachers to our, well, we're supposed to be teachers to our children, but like in a completely different way than we had planned doing someone else's curriculum.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Then just life teaching them. Um, but we were also expected to do, like, ten times more. And, like, I feel like as moms, you're already doing ten times more. As people of color, are already, like, doing ten times more. So, like, how much more do we need to do? Yeah. But then also, you know, the quote-unquote, you know, racial reckoning. Like, everyone's loving yeah. using that word. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it, but that's a good way to describe, you know. I mean, it was for some scale. people. It was and for some, some people.
2: people. It was like, like, where where have you been? I
1: know. I've been trying to tell you this. Yeah. And, but I did get exhausted. I know I had to tell my story. I did get exhausted after a while where I was like, you know, I did the the runner's world article and I shared a lot of deep stuff that I've just felt. And like you said, been optimistic about and just moved on. And all of a sudden it's like, I have to expose the pieces that I let roll off me so that we can move forward, hopefully together, you know? So I guess I'm saying that to say like, yeah. There's a lot of moving forward and then they're sliding back and there's moving forward and they're sliding back and it's sharing our stories and then it's holding back. It's like opening up and then it's closing down. It's, you know, giving some but also reserving a little. It's like all of these things. But so what are you seeing now that we are finding this, you know, very important um this very important space in industries, like having people are now like, we need diversity. We need DEI at every single job, which is wild that it wasn't at every single job, just being honest. Like, yeah, yeah. But like saying that we need this now, what are you seeing now that it's being included and like needed in every single corporate space? Well, it's needed everywhere, but like we're talking about corporations and, and businesses yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, Positive. I mean, what do you see? Good change.
2: Yeah, I see there's opportunity. Yeah, right, and that it's that's really what it's about. I think, you know, if I think about in the '80s, and and my parents worked in the public sector, and so they had they worked with people of all different races, right? Like they were essentially like the beneficiary of affirmative action, right? And so, I grew up with my parents having. Um, friends of all different races, all different types of people Mm. um, around me. And that's what I was used to. And then when I became an adult and went into the corporate world, it was a completely different Mm -hmm. um, experience. And so, you know, if you were in the private sector you didn't have to right. um, do affirmative action, yeah. right? Like you right. had to, you know, you had the non-discrimination laws that came yeah. out of the 1964 right. Civil Rights Act, but you didn't actually have to actually hire people, right? You right. just had to like not discriminate. right So you could starkly see that yeah. um, in private corporation. And so when I started working, um, it, it was a very stark uh, lack of diversity mm-hmm. for sure. And so... I see it as opportunity and it's really about being able to um, look at your space and see what's missing and mm-hmm. then doing strategic outreach, right? That's Reaching it. out to different communities yeah. saying, Hey, this is our company. Um, we would love to have you here, yeah. your talent Yeah. Um, and, and making connections making and connections. making sure that there are other people. In communities that know about your organization and know about the positions and job opportunities that are available, and you know, it, it's you know the the previous way of doing things, it's it's about who you know and, and mm. your network. And if your network is very small in a small bubble, like that is mm-hmm. that that's going to reflect your applicant pool, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about mm-hmm. expanding that network, right?
1: That bubble, yeah, and just like, letting people feel open to even like ask, like, what do I do here? I think yeah. that's what the pr- people are scared yeah. to be like, I'm going to sound dumb. If I can't ask you, like, where do I find black people?
2: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You and know? the thing is, is, like, we're out here. Yeah. Like, right? That's it. There's, just not, there's so much
1: talent. Yeah. Sometimes um, I'm, like, looking around and I'm like, you don't recognize that there's, like, nobody that doesn't look like you here? Yeah. You yeah. know? Or, like, that there's yeah. just one of me here? Yeah. Because I'd be like you know all but the time but you go to any track meet and yeah. like there's beautiful black people everywhere right all so time, we, we right. are here we and are runners we, yes, we are talented we're, exactly we we are multifaceted we can try different things we can be triathletes we can be trail yeah. runners we yeah. can do long races we can do short races it's like yeah. very oh you're black and you just are sprint and like do this and you guys rap and yeah, that's and are good at sports right that's it yeah. um, but
2: and I think you know I think the easy way yes, for and. organizations. <laughs> yes. And the easy way for organizations is to do marketing. Yeah. And but we need to realize yeah. that we are more than just models. Yeah. Right. So on the other side of that camera, yeah. Right? Like we are photographers, that's we are right. videographers, yes. we are stylists, yes. we are engineers, yeah. we are leaders. Yes,
1: that's right. When I did the Runners World um, article, I was like, Yeah, I'd love to, you know. Talk about everything you guys want to ask me about about my experience as a black person in the track and field world. But I would love there to be black photographer. I would love, and I, you know, we had that. We had a black photographer back writer. You know, so it was awesome. And it's like, yeah, it's that. It's it's that. It's all of that. It isn't just like, oh, let's show that we have them. It's like, what else is going on there? Um, how do you handle? Um, how do you handle? I guess, dissension within the workplace. So when people are having um, serious disagreements about how to move forward in inclusion, I think there's still this complex with people feeling like, oh, now we got to just do this, and now we're going to look like this. Oh, now, like the same sort of question you asked, like, oh, do I hire the better person or do I hire, you know, the black person? You're like, what? But also, like, now people are being like, oh, it's going to be all this all the time. I feel like I never can hire a white person. Like, how do you handle those sort of conversations? Or I, I feel like I can never, you know... Our sponsorship category, we don't have any black people on it, but I really wanted this person. She's white. And then there was this person.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, again, I think it's about just, like, broadening your network yeah. and your options. Because
1: um, there's a lot of us. Yeah. You know,
2: Yeah. I, I can assure everyone that we still hire white people yes. at a, a higher rate yeah. than other people. Yeah. So it's, nothing to fear know. friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, there's nothing to fear. And everybody who is brought to the table is yeah. qualified. Yes. Right. I love that. Yes. So we're not just pulling people off the street. Right? I love that. Everybody who's yeah. brought to the table is qualified. That's right. Um, and so, um, and then, you know, there's a lot of research out there that, that shows that, you know, the more diverse teams that you have, um, the more creative you are, the yeah. more innovative you are yes. and actually generate higher revenue. Yes. And so everybody really wants that for yeah. their business essentially.
1: I love that. Yeah. one A worry that I've had is that like all of a sudden people, this is just truthful for me, is that like, ugh. You know, now everything that I do with people is just going to be because I'm black. Like I had to talk to Runner's World about, I'm like, guys, I get it. It was really awesome. I got to be on the cover of your magazine, you know, after I like called you guys out about like, guys, you know, I did a whole with, with our podcast, Keeping Track, we did a whole uh, research about the covers of the magazines for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and it was crazy you know, but it was obvious because I'm a runner and I'd get the magazine. I'd be in the airport. I'd be Yeah. Like, and it was about 15%, right? The like, yeah, exactly. covers were exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was just, just underneath that. But yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, you know, and then as I became a professional runner and it was in my contract that said, you know, if you get on cover of runners world magazine, you get a bump. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. I'm never going to get this because have y'all seen it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but then having this conversation with runners world after that being like, you guys like, I want to be able to share all the work that I'm doing, not just because I'm black. Like I just want, to, yeah. cause it was all about me being black and not my experience. And which is yeah. like, you know, yeah. and you know, helping the world recognize, you know, all these issues that we face. But I was like, okay, hold on. We've, I know that was a really long conversation, but I really wanted to tell you about my nonprofit. And I really wanted to tell you about my Feel Good Fitness book, which is, you know, for the entire community, like everybody at large. And your black joy, right? (sighs) And my black joy. But I feel like that's why it was so exhausting. It was sharing all of these hard pieces of me. And there was all of these great pieces that were just, okay. Like, we're just, you know, so I'm hoping that we can have that turn of the mill where we're able to just share these stories and it isn't just about, like, the black... Hurt.
2: Yeah. I um so I experience that and one of the things that I try to push, I think like when we go to conventions at TRE mm-hmm. or you know, I spent a lot of years designing for the outdoor industry mm-hmm. and so I've gone to um outdoor research. Mm-hmm. Um and it's frustrating because when you when you show who's highlighted and who gets up on a panel for to talk about um whatever it is that they do, right? Mm-hmm. Like rock climbing, skiing, running. Um, it's mostly white people. But then they'll right. have a panel on diversity, equity, inclusion, and then that's where you have people of color. Right. And it's like actually no. Yeah. We need to have people of color up on those panels talking about what they do, what yes. their craft is, right? Yes. So yes, you are black. Yeah. But you are an amazing runner. Yep. You're an athlete, you're a mom, right? And like yes. what you do is yeah. that should be that is what should be highlighted.
1: That's right. right. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so now at Brooks you have a really big goal. Which is to have every level of Brooks running organization be 30% BIPOC, which is black, indigenous, and people of color, and 50% women by 2025. Yes. That's audacious. That is huge. That is like an incredible goal.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get there if we don't set goals. Yeah. Right? And so um, I know that we can do it. And. we have a lot of people that are working really hard to make this happen. That's right? so lovely to hear. And it's really, ch- it's really about kind of changing the processes, how we've done things, uh, you know, for the past however many years, right? We're just, we're analyzing them, looking at things. And the first step was really to like, where are we now? So, and, you know, we haven't been working on this just since 2020, right? So this is, right. we started pulling our demographics in 2016, right. right? Looking at like, okay, where do we stand now? Yeah. How can we get to where we want to be right it's really about opening up opportunities right Um, and so it's it's work that takes a lot of patience right um, and a lot of um, just really analyzing and testing and learning right Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think there isn't just necessarily one way to get there Um, but you know if we if we don't set those goals we probably won't get there, mm, right? And so yeah. it's like you're striving for that goal, and mm-hmm. every day you're working towards it and figuring out, okay, what's working, what's not working.
1: Right, right. Okay. Um, we're going to... So the the purpose of this podcast is just to talk about lesser-known stories of women in sports. So thank you so much for being here. You're also fashion designer, though. Like, where does that fit in what you're doing right now in this very, very important role? But fashion's also so, so, so very important. So, like... <laughs>
2: Yes, um, that's a great question. I'm trying to figure that out myself um, as I've, you know, shifted careers. But Mm. at the core of who I am, I am an artist and I'm a designer. And so that work is really, really important to me. And so um, I'm trying to make space um, to have that in my life still. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I've I used to paint a lot when I was younger. And so this last year I've been trying to kind of pick back up my Mm -hmm. painting skills Mm -hmm. and in painting portraits and so i'm i'm still working on that so i do you know i and i get to be involved in a lot of creative projects still in this role which is kind of like yeah dream job if you get to combine like art and fashion right um so if you've seen brooks running who is a runner film series Mm -hmm. and we've put out three films so far the first one featured prolific run crew the second one featured um, indigenous runner Rosalie Fish. And then the third film that just came out um, is about the run collective Chinatown runners. Mm. And for me to be a part of that project, that creative process mm-hmm. um, in creating those films and um, is just, yeah, that's it's um, that's kind of like a big a really uh, important piece to have that creative yeah, yeah. oh my piece gosh of it be part of my role
1: yeah that's awesome you can't lose that like you yeah. know it's gonna come back around in a way or they're, they're gonna just collide in just very magical way I yeah. just know it yeah so where can we support you and support your work and look out for your future things that you work on and that you do
2: yeah, so um, you can follow uh, Brooks Running um, on Instagram, and you can follow the Running Industry Diversity Coalition on mm-hmm. Instagram, and you can also join the Running Industry Diversity Coalition. Um, runningdiversity.com uh, is a great place to go, and you know we're just working on dismantling systemic racism within the running industry and creating more opportunities. So.
1: Oh, look at that. You got an applause for that. I love that. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us yeah. on Keeping Track podcast. Um, on behalf of my co-hosts, Roshin McGettigan and Molly Huddle, this is Keeping Track. And we had a wonderful conversation with Shannon Woods. So thank you.
2: Thanks for having me.
3: Keep track. Keep track.